Greetings. In this episode, I am discussing the concepts of good and evil in African spirituality. So when it comes to these two notions, I get quite a few questions about them because most people want to know if they pretty much operate the same as they do in Abrahamic religions that many people from the African diaspora are used to and they oftentimes convert or revert, however you want to say it, from religions like Christianity, Islam, maybe even Judaism, so forth and so on. So it is very common for them to have a preset notion that there is one good and one evil and evil oftentimes is overseen by the devil or Satan, whatever you want to call that particular force in that religion. Resident African spirituality, these concepts are thought of a little bit differently. And I want to explain these concepts a little bit deeper in this episode because I do get them quite often. In fact, I was recently in an interview where I was asked about these and it prompted me to go ahead and do this episode because they do come, this question rather does come through quite often. So when it comes to good in particular, and I'm going to deal with this concept first, when it comes to good, it basically operates on a continuum. It is more of a dualistic concept when it comes to African spirituality. So there's truly no such thing as something that's purely good or righteous, so to speak, as we would probably think of in Abrahamic traditions. Instead, the concept of good operates on a continuum, right? There's one extreme on one side, you might call this the right, where you're going to talk about the beautiful aspects of it. And then there's another extreme on, maybe you want to say the left, that are considered to be the very base aspects of it. So what does that mean? That means that nothing is purely or solidly good, but we operate with all forces in order to bring about balance and harmony. So think of concepts such as light and dark. We don't necessarily consider the dark bad, though it does bring forth some negative attributes that we may not like from time to time because when it's dark outside, we can't see anything. It may force us to go into spaces or do certain things that we may not be necessarily ready to do, especially if we don't have the availability of light. Now, I know that probably is a foreign concept in today's modern world, Western world especially, where we can turn on light anytime we desire to do so. Even so, with that dynamic, you cannot light up the sky. We can't light up the sky in the nighttime in the same way we can do in the daytime. So there are just certain attributes of the darkness that we still have to stumble through and work with if we want to operate within that perspective or continuum. But darkness serves its purpose. Everything is created in darkness. Everything starts in darkness, right? Even so, us, our very lives, we start in the womb which is dark. Through that darkness, we develop, we grow, we learn, and then we eventually make it into the light. So both dynamics are necessary. Likewise, darkness is very necessary for us to sleep, right? So if it was daylight all the time, we would never get proper rest for our bodies as we should because we will always be exposed to the light. Even so, if you take a nap during the day, you don't get the fullness of a deep rest in the same way as you do at nighttime because the melatonin, your melatonin rather, does not kick in in the same way during the day as it does in the night. So you may get some sleep, but it won't be a purely peaceful sleep because 
you don't have the same energetic forces at play during the daytime as you do at nighttime because again they both serve a very important purpose and we're supposed to utilize them as such so the same dynamic applies when it comes to spirituality which of course light and darkness are a part of but herein i'm referring to good and evil forces if you will right so we're talking about forces or spirits or deities they're not necessarily looked at in the same way as the you know, the good forces are 100% angelic. They're so good. They're so pure. And they have absolutely no negative emotions attached to them. But sometimes people do think of these forces as negative or forces that are adverse to them as being negative, which they're not. They're actually, again, serving a very, very vital purpose within our spiritual development and growth. So herein, we're talking about specific deities in African spirituality. We'll be talking about spirits of love, spirits of wealth, spirits of health, so forth and so on. Each of these spiritual forces has a continuum to it. It's not all one thing. So when you call upon a spirit of love, whatever name is given to it in whatever tradition, that spirit of love doesn't just operate as pure love, good, clean love, as we would like to think about it most often in the Western sense of the world, even from an Abrahamic religious viewpoint. Instead, when you're talking about the concept of love, it operates on a continuum. What we consider to be healthy, good, clean love, so forth and so on, sits somewhere in the middle of that dynamic. On one end, you're going to have the an extreme of maybe what we would call obsessive love and someone is just so into either themselves or another person to the point where that's all that they think about and that's all that they focus on and that is unhealthy. On the opposite of the end of that, you have somebody who is maybe extremely jealous or envious of another person to the point where they would maybe do harm to that individual because they don't like that person or they don't like that that person has things that they want, whatever the case may be. In either way, those two extremes are not good. Our job is to come somewhere in the middle. And nobody is necessarily blamed or at fault if they fall on either extreme of that particular spectrum. It is your job when you're in this earth, when you come into this earthly sojourn, to work your way towards balance, towards that middle ground. So some people are just naturally inclined to be at one end of the spectrum over another. It just depends on how you come into this earth, what kind of energetic forces that you um, come with that are surrounding you, that are working with you in this lifetime. This is one of the reasons why I love to work with astrology so much because astrology gives you very in-depth information on like what planets or where planets being the same thing as Orishas or deities, whatever you want to call them, um, that can show you where your areas of, I don't necessarily want to use the word deficiencies, but the areas in your life that you need to work on, because we all have that. Every single one of us, nobody is immune to it. Some people have more areas to work on than others, but it's still part of everybody's journey to work towards self-improvement, which is basically achieving a space of balance, right? Same thing when it comes to wealth. 
right? Wealth is a noble thing to desire. But on one extreme of that is poverty. On the other extreme of that is avarice. We want to come in the middle. So you do have spirits of wealth who can bring you wealth, who can take away your wealth. Taking away the wealth would be putting you in a space of poverty. Giving you the wealth is a good notion. However, you can operate in the spirit of avarice or greed to where you try to hoard all the wealth to yourself. You can be selfish and self-absorbed and not want to help anybody else out. The warrior spirit, same dynamic there. It's good to have that spirit of go-getting and, you know, taking initiative and fighting for what you believe in and so forth and so on, having that sense of righteous indignation. However, you can fall on the end of that spectrum where you have this extreme state of diplomacy where you just always want to make everything so good because diplomacy is absolutely an aspect of war whereby you work with your enemy to come up with an amenable solution so that you're not fighting all the time. But you can sometimes be too diplomatic and not stand up for your rights and actually become docile and lose all your power through that particular dynamic. On the opposite end of that, you could be overtly or extremely aggressive to where you want to fight about everything. Again, the goal is to get somewhere in the middle of that dynamic to where you're operating in that warrior spirit. You know when you need to be diplomatic and you know when you need to maintain your aggressive stance. Right. Another example, my final example here would be that spirit of storms, the spirit of chaos, which operates in a lot of traditions. So we can have these very transformative storms that come through and help us to change, make beneficial changes, I should say, to our life. But likewise, we can endure very destructive storms that just tear us down and break us up in so many different ways to the point where we're actually destroyed. So again, that's how good operates. It's not to say that everything, what we consider to be good necessarily, is going to be perfect. It's going to be so pure and righteous and morally upright. Even so, the dynamics of having a moral code of ethics that's important in our tradition. It's typically not written down in a book like a Bible or Quran or something like that. Instead, we have guidelines and rules that are oftentimes just passed down through oral tradition, whereby we learn that there are certain things that you should not do in order to maintain harmony and balance in your life and within your community and with nature. Likewise, there are things that you should not do in order to maintain that same level of balance. So, you know, in many traditions, we may call these taboos. We've heard about them in like the Egyptian or comedic sciences, where they refer to them as the laws of my art, so forth and so on. We've been operating with these type of guidelines for centuries on end, right? For, for years, I don't even know how long, nobody truly does. But those things we do operate within, they're not strict as... We may see in Christianity or something like that, whereby you got this whole list of do's and don'ts, so forth and so on. Instead, there are guidelines that are laid out to help us to live a more balanced, harmonious life. And when we find that we are not 
within those dynamics, that's when we start to course correct and get ourselves back into alignment versus having this set of commandments, so to speak, where you are forbidden to do certain things or either required to do certain things. Now, that's pretty much how the notion or the concept of good operates within African spirituality. Again, remember, it's dualistic. Now, on the opposite end of that, there are forces that are considered to be purely evil, if you will, or negative forces where they do not have any form of good intentions within them. These are forces or entities that their whole aim, their whole goal is to cause injury, harm illness, misfortune, and just purely negative outcomes in an individual's life versus those benevolent forces, as I mentioned before, their aim is never to cause negativity. Their aim instead is to help us to balance ourselves out and get into a space of harmony. So even if you're operating on either extreme of those particular forces that I just mentioned before, other ones, then those spirits can help you to get in balance with them. That's why we offer sacrifices and offerings and things like that in order to balance ourselves out in those areas so that we're not at either extreme. But when it comes to the evil forces, we don't work with those in the same way as far as appeasing these forces. Instead, we work with the good and benevolent spirits in order to placate them so that they can work on our behalf against the evil, the purely evil or negative forces. With that being said, when it comes to these evil or negative forces, they are there are multitude of forces. There's not a concept in any African tradition that I researched or learned about. I'm not saying it doesn't exist at all, but I have not in my research come across the notion of one central force like Satan or a devil whose sole mission is to just destroy all of humanity. Instead, in the African traditions that I am familiar with or that I've done any research on, these particular forces are varied and wide in number and they don't necessarily have a central authority figure that they answer to in some traditions they may but it's still not this whole notion of you know the devil the devil made me do it so to speak whereas it is in um religious and so forth like of course christianity and even that notion plays out in Islam and some other religions or what have that these forces are many, very, and wide. These are the forces that people typically refer to when they talk about somebody doing witchcraft, black magic, juju, throwing spiritual attacks at someone, things like this. Oftentimes, these forces are confused with African spirituality itself. That's why I think evil, because some people do this type of work. They do ritual work to bring about negative, purely negative outcomes to other people. In those cases, these are not true spiritualists, diviners, priests, priestesses, so forth, within the traditions that they claim to operate in. Instead, these are people who are just working with completely malevolent forces to bring about ill will to somebody else. That's just the reality of it, right? Um, these forces absolutely can, and they do penetrate us, no matter what you're doing, really. So it's not to say just because you join an African spiritual group or you, you know, working with an African spiritual tradition that you are completely immune to them. Instead, your ritual work 
is directed towards you overcoming these spirits or preventing them from attacking you. Now, the more spiritually sound you are, the less ability they do have to penetrate you. And even if they do penetrate you, their works will not necessarily be able to destroy you in the same way if you are not protected, right? Through your spiritual team or what have you that you connect with as you work through an African spiritual system. But they can penetrate you, right? Sometimes it's just evil attacks on the spiritual realm. That's just how it goes. Nobody's necessarily doing any type of black magic or witchcraft to harm you. There are just forces out there that they understand your mission, your soul mission, your destiny, and they want to torture your plans. So they're looking at every turn of the bend to get you off track. This particularly applies to what I refer to as the chosen ones. And those are individuals who come here with a specific task to do things to help themselves and others to elevate and go to the next level. So. These particular individuals often bear responsibility for multiple people, multiple lives, helping them out to just really, like I said, elevate and go to the next level in this journey. So, of course, these types of forces would want to come after such individuals so that they can destroy that type of work. Sometimes these particular entities can come after you if they are provoked. Through your adverse actions. So we all again do things that are out of alignment with us achieving that space of balance and harmony. So I may call this sin. It's not necessarily sin, it's just that you get off track. So whenever things like that do occur, then you do open up a gateway for such spiritual forces to come in and attack you. But again, that doesn't mean that you're completely destroyed. There are ways to overcome them. If you do happen to open up that doorway or somebody tries to open it up you know, against you, you can absolutely do spiritual work to combat that. And then another way is somebody deliberately sending some type of hex or curse against you and I covered this notion in another episode I did while back. Um people can throw evil negative energy at you. But if you are protected, that type of energy cannot easily penetrate you. So I say it can at all, but it can't easily penetrate you if you are walking in, you know, a state of balance, you're trying your best walk in a state of balance and you're doing a proper spiritual work to avert such attacks. There are many things that you can do in that regard. So this is pretty much what the concepts of good and evil look like in African spiritual traditions. It is similar to, but of course not the exact same, as Abrahamic traditions. Instead, we believe in a continuum, and our goal is to ultimately work in balance and harmony in order to keep ourselves in that particular space. So that we can elevate and we can grow and we can move forward in our journey. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and stay tuned for the next episode. Ashe, please have a very blessed and beautiful day and beyond.